She took a victory lap and patted herself on the back while many of our family members, our friends, and our neighbors continued to struggle. And this was a speech of someone who has spent way too much time in the Lansing bubble. That is Senator Eric Nesbitt, the Senate Minority Leader, uh, speaking in the uh, Republican rebuttal to Governor Gretchen Whitmer's State of the State message. Uh, he joins us live this morning with the GOP leader of the House, the very divided Michigan House. Fifty, Even Stephen, 54 <laughs> votes on each side, which uh, means that this is going to be a different uh, legislative environment than what we saw last year at this time. Matt Hall, Eric Nesbitt. Welcome to uh, JR Morning. Thanks for having us. Thank you. In, you guys had a little roundtable with the media ahead of the State of the State yesterday, and you said something pretty interesting. You said, here, we've got this grand strategy that our population council put out. Yet a lot of the decision-making, the huge legislative session last year, a lot of the work has been done in advance of it, that the cart was way before the horse to the tune of about $9 billion. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, uh, why would you spend all the money before you got your expert report on what the transformational investments the state needs are? Uh, that's backwards. And, you know, what we see from Gretchen Whitmer is a lot of uh, these short-term tactics. Um, now she calls them greatest hits, okay? And so she tried to string them all together, but they're tactics. And what her own hand-picked uh, Michigan Population Council of her own supporters said was that uh, Michigan needs a coordinated economic growth plan. Well, that means we don't have one after five years of Gretchen Whitmer. And you see that with these, you know, these, these announcements are like these one-off short-term announcements uh, that will result in good press. But when you string them together, you see they're not coordinated, they're not strategic, uh, and that's why Michigan's at the bottom in education scores, in road conditions, in people uh, graduating from our universities and then leaving the state. Per capita income. Correct, yeah. It even dropped. We noticed, you know, I read the report yesterday. We were like 31st when it came out a few weeks ago. 39th. Now, now we're 39th, <laughs> right. So yeah. we've dropped even more. And, and the, the, it looks like Idaho is going to move ahead of us. We could be 41 by the time the, the, the census numbers are in. But this is the challenge is that we can't afford as a state every other decade being a lost decade. We were down to 42nd in the 2000s at the end of Whitmer's administration. We built up to the you know mid-20s under Governor Snyder. We had young people coming back. We actually grew the workforce population here in Michigan between 2013 and 19. And I think the governor's COVID shutdowns and then uh, you know really drove some more people out. Right. But it's interesting, her speech started at 7 yesterday and probably one of the uh, more famous Michigan residents announced they were leaving. We've been saying that. That was our leader. Were you listening at 6 o'clock? <laughs> yeah. yeah well, the, but the his most... was not income-based because he was going to be the highest-paid collegiate coach. <laughs> well, and he's going to be paying a lot higher income tax, He was too, the first, yeah. certainly yeah. the most famous but... state employee and the highest paid. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of family members leaving with him, too. It was talent we did not retain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this is – I think you look at it in the wider wider part – is that last year it was probably one of the most partisan legislative agendas I've seen. And, and such is that every Democrat constituency they were trying to give a handout to. 
whether it's the big union bosses, the environmental left, coastal billionaires, they didn't care what Michigan businesses had to say. They cared more about trial lawyers and teachers. Yeah, it, it, well, and, and at the end of the day, you look at it, and it's more expensive to do business now in Michigan than it was a year ago. The regulations are worse now than they were a year ago. And then the Green New Deal that even goes further than California's that they've had to dial back that doesn't do anything for reliability for our distribution network. I mean, your listeners know what it means to be without power, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And they did nothing to hold these utilities accountable to make sure that they're investing in the infrastructure they need to be doing. And instead, it's we're going to turn 350,000 acres of Michigan farmland and industrialize that into wind and solar fields. What are your thoughts on the, on the topics that we've been discussing? The, the, first of all, the pre-K through uh, associate's degree in college. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I would say um, our K through 12 system is not working. Uh, Whitmer's own population council tells us that, you know, seven out of 10 uh, fourth graders are, are not proficient in reading. Um, it's like 28% of sixth graders are proficient in math. Uh, so K through 12 is not working. And um, what we saw Democrats do was repeal accountability measures, things like the A through F grading system that could tell us simply how the schools are performing. So it's, it's harder for parents and policymakers to measure schools. Um, and what we're seeing is a push to move a lot of, from Whitmer and the Democrats to put more emphasis on uh, the, the teachers and labor policy than the students. And so I, I'd like to find a way to work with um, the governor and, and the Democrats on how do we how do we solve education, the K through 12 system? How do we... Um, well, what about pre-K through 14, expanding it? Because that can also well, help K through 12. Yeah, the idea is if the, you, you're there at a head start once they get to kindergarten if they've been to pre-K. But is that something you can sign up for? But if the K through 12 is not working, when they expand it, uh, how is that going to work? And that, that's my point. It, it's broken. So then you expand it. Well, with pre-K, they're it. better prepared when they get to K through 3, right? This, well, this is part of the wider challenge right now also is, like, you know, 10 years ago, uh, Governor Snyder and Republican legislature worked on, you know, the Great Start Readiness Program, which expanded it to about 300 percent of the level of you know, poverty is, is that mm -hmm. th this is your preschool, pre-K. It was means tested, meaning that those who could least afford it were able to provide this for, you know, for, with taxpayer dollars. Right now what you see the governor doing and the Democratic legislature is trying to do away with a lot of this means testing and making it available for everybody whether they can afford it or not. And you're seeing that time after time. What you saw was a whole list of programs that the governor laid out without a way to pay for it. She's trying to, as you look at it, as a lot of the programs are phased in, and as she continues to try to work on, I don't know, being Camilla Harris's vice president eventually, I'm not sure what, what the national ambitions are, but you're seeing her, you know, there's a reason why the New York Times was there. Bill de Blasio was, was on the floor yesterday. The former New York City mayor was on, on the floor. In, 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 in these stories in the Atlantic or the New Yorker, like there's a reason why, She's getting this kind of public relations, and so instead of trying to look at how do you fix things transformationally here in the state, it's these one-offs spending bills that will come due eventually. Like mm -hmm. even her biggest priority that she talks about at every campaign, or I mean every media event around the state over the last year was the free breakfast and lunch. She only has funding plans for one year, not next year, and then they might try to figure right. it out. 
But the the end of the day is like she's trying to make all these promises, and the tax bill is going to come due eventually. And that's with a $700 million income tax c- increase that they already pushed through this year, higher taxes on all working families and, and small businesses. And it's kind of like that, was that, that uh, in the Popeye's uh, cartoon where it's like, I'll gladly take a burger today and, and pay you next Tuesday, right? This is what she's going to be gone. It's going to be the next legislature, the next governor. That's you realize I'm mean, the only guy in the room that got that well, reference. <laughs> oh, I did. That's okay. wimpy. That's yes, wimpy. wimpy. Okay. All right. Good. I didn't. I'm the only one that did <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, what about the uh, caring for Michigan tax credit that she announced uh, that she wants to do? Because whether you're Democrat or Republican, you have a parent and, and you know, parents are getting older and more young people are, are taking care of their parents. And, and it is, you know, a lot of women and a lot of women and minority women that are taking care of their parents uh, and, and would like to have a, a break if they could financially because it's a burden sometimes. Yeah. Still, trying to, still trying to look at what those details are. Okay. And at the end of the day is that she's, tr- you know, like, is it a one-off? Is it a long, you know, is it long-term payments? What's what's the cost? And it's something where if we can keep folks in their own homes instead of in in, in a facility, a, uh-huh. a, 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 you know, a Medicaid home or something like that, it's lower cost for the state to try to keep folks in their home than trying to put them in a nursing home or something. Right, right. So how do you encourage that and what actually works? Final question, gentlemen, as we head into this legislative year, we've got an evenly divided house. You said yesterday, Matt Hall, that the money spent on the Goshen plant up in Big Rapids, if we'd used that money for child care, it would have provided child care for 67,000 Michigan families. It made me wonder, is that something that you can get on board with? Is that the one issue that in this you know, very partisan environment that you guys would that be priority one to work on? What would be priority one of the agenda list last night that you would sign up for and say, yeah, this is what we'll, we'll get to work on that, and that will be our starting point? And that's a great point. You know, um, all these things we're talking about, it, it's not that there are bad ideas. It's that we need to set priorities. And uh, with the income tax going up this year, um, you know, we really have to look at how do you pay for all this stuff. And that's where you get to the only way Whitmer will be able to pay for it is with more tax increases, which will move our state backwards. So but is there a shared priority that you heard last night that you will sign up for and say, yeah, let's pull in the same direction on child care, pre-K, whatever it may be? I think you got to look at the budget. you got to cut some programs that have been around a long time and then figure out how you can pay for this stuff. And what's working? And, and, and not working. Like, what are the examples from the other states that actually work to make sure that you could take care of, you know, some of your parents or older okay. folks that might be at home or making sure that you have a good preschool system? I mean, th- these are important issues for yeah. for families, and it's something where instead of dividing us, let's try to work to unite us. And right. you need I, a, I thought a the sta- Lions would be uniting for you guys. Yeah, the Lions. You, you, you didn't, didn't stand the, up for the Lions? You didn't stand up for the Lions yesterday. Oh, no. they, Go Lions and well, happy birthday. Well, these Go. are serious. Yeah, happy birthday to you, Eric, and <laughs> yes. Senator Nesbitt. Uh, and by the way, uh, we sh- uh, this is my anniversary, so we, sh- we share, share important uh, Well, share important and Leader too. Hall has been a Lions fan through thick and thin for the last 30-plus years. Right? Yeah, but I didn't see a whole lot of applauding when the, the governor threw that line out but there. Th- these are serious times with our education scores and our road conditions and everything else, and the governor talked more about the Lions than solving those problems. Okay. Matt Hall? Senator Nesbitt, thanks so much. We appreciate it, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. God bless. Yeah, and happy birthday.